Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon? I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. I am sure everyone's brain is still working in overdrive with the last two very intense episodes where we analyzed the 911 call and Aaron Solomon's written statement to Gallatin PD with the Peter Hyatt statement analysis team. And yes, like I said, those episodes were really, really intense and it took a lot of brain power on my end to sit there and just understand word for word exactly what they were saying. So I want to reiterate, 
both, as in the 911 call and the written statement, were considered hands down deceptive to the highest degree, the absolute highest degree of deception. And I cannot thank the team enough for their help. And we did discuss meeting again for some additional analyzation of other statements within this story. So stay tuned. It is not over with the Peter Hyatt statement analysis team. And it's just totally mind-blowing that this experienced team of analysts just took a look at this statement, the written statement, and they were like, oh no, that is highly deceptive. And they just heard the 911 call one time and they were like, yeah, no, we have to break this down. We absolutely need to get this out there and let everyone know that the caller is not being truthful. And I mean, obviously I say it took them, you know, one second. Essentially we did spend about six hours on this, but my point was it didn't take them long to make this initial conclusion. So What does that say about everyone else who looked into the case and just closed it immediately? So closing the loop on this, the team said, look, yes, this does need to be looked into because we cannot say foul play. We cannot speculate what may have happened, what may not have happened. But what we can say is that based on the written statement and the 911 call, Aaron Solomon is not being truthful. And I now consider this new evidence. I consider the analysis done by this professional team who works on active cases in the media. I consider this as new evidence to be submitted to law enforcement or to the FBI. So that brings me back to say what is said pretty frequently on this podcast and on social media. It's not too late to come forward and do the right thing. Aaron Solomon very well may not have even touched his son Grant that morning. He may not have even gone near him, but based on his statements and Grant's body and physics and the recent analysis that we have just done, We now can say, based on that information, it appears that it didn't happen as he said it happened. So it's not too late to come forward and say something if you know something. Okay, so anyway, for this week, I wanted to take things back a bit and focus again on Grace Chapel and Grace Christian Academy and the experiences of people who were brave enough to come forward and share them with me in order to help others. But before I get to that, I did want to take the time to share something that was revealed on social media this week. And it seemed to be very troubling for a lot of people, namely Angie Solomon and Gracie Solomon. But it was revealed that Aaron Solomon had completed his payments of the grave plots that he bought for Angie and Gracie. And if you're not familiar with this, or maybe you listened to the episode a very long time ago during Angie's story, um, when Grant passed, Angie had inquired within the funeral home about possibly saving the plots next to Grant so that strangers weren't buried next to him. But unfortunately, Aaron got wind of this and decided to buy plots for Angie himself and Gracie 
right next to Grant. And this definitely rubbed Angie and Gracie the wrong way. I mean, considering everything that's happened in the past. And I mean, Angie especially, where it's like, hello, you essentially ruined my life on the record. Why would you ever think it's okay to buy me this grave plot? So yeah, that that really worried a lot of people. And and Angie and Gracie are okay. They are just kind of sitting there like, what? Why would you do this? And I do believe Shannon Ashley wrote a piece on that as well. And if you're not familiar with her, she is the blogger on Medium. So you can go to Medium and search for Shannon Ashley. She's actually written a lot of pieces on Angie, Gracie, Grant, and Aaron, and you know this whole whole tragic story. But I did want to bring up the information about the grave plots just because we all were very, very skeeved out by that whole thing. And obviously I'm not a doctor. We've had a lot of doctors and professionals on this show, but what it seemed like Aaron Solomon was doing to me by buying these plots was just staying in control. I feel like with a personality like his, he always needs to be in control and feel like he is controlling the situation. And that was his way of doing so, buying these grave plots. But anyway, so this woman reached out to me wanting to lend her support specifically to Angie, but also GCA and GC survivors, people who did not want to be defined by their experiences at these places, people that were healing from their experience at these places, or people that haven't left the church or the school yet, but are seriously thinking about it and just maybe afraid to do so. This person was thankfully able to leave her abusive husband and Grace Chapel, but she wrote this piece for Angie, and essentially it's about Angie, and I just found it to be beautiful, so I'm going to read it to you. Quote, it's time to render aid to the victims. We've never met, but her name was whispered around the crispy edges of gossip at church. I had no perception of who she might be, but I knew her life, intimately. The life of an abused woman living in a system that judges divorce as a sin. And so I know intimately how she tried to stay, how he called her crazy, and it stuck to her because the gossip mill churned. I recognized the terror she lived in, even without knowing the juicy tidbits that were passed around. Oh, bless her heart. I recognized the righteous tisk 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 that slithered across wagging tongues. The look of pity mixed with judgment on the painted faces at the women's tea. Oh, her. Yes, it's just so sad. She can't get her marriage together, they said. She and I lived parallel lives for a time. The same but different abusive marriages as we each rode roller coasters conducted by madmen never knowing when up was supposed to be down or down was supposed to be up. No certainty whether it was a day in which we had to agree that the sky was indeed green or pay the consequences of being argumentative women. We both lived the lie of a perfect family when facing forward, while on the backside we were broken in the dark shadows in marriages to narcissists. I can feel her fear, Even today, 
I am familiar with the terror that his rage sheared through her voice. The horror that merely existing caused, let alone speaking into the fury of his words. I know that careful manipulation of reality that she had to make just to keep her kids safe in the eye of the storm. I understand the time she spoke insincere words to keep the peace. And what she had to do to placate preposterous demands. I am familiar with the way she had to bend her own will to satisfy the irrational fury of the person her spouse became when he took his mask off at home, in private, out of sight, inside the den of horrors of the family home. I made it out of my nightmare, safe, broke, and broken, but rebuildable. I know that but for the grace of God, there go I, as I hear of her less successful exit. She lost it all. She lived exactly the nightmare that I feared would face me as I exited. She gained ground, lost more ground, got back up again, lost her son. And now she and her daughter scream into the vastness of all they have lost. And still today, her words go unheard. But I feel them. They disturb my own healing because I know. I know her nightmare and I feel it to my core. Those who haven't run to her aid today say, but I've known him for years. They say he has a sharp tongue, but they have never witnessed any abuse themselves. They justify that they know he would never hurt his wife, wouldn't defile his daughter, would never abuse the son, his son, the same son that is now dead with his abuser as the only witness. He wouldn't, they say. Now it feels like too much to believe because they've already ignored all the signs along the way. The guilt of having played along, laughed it off, gossiped about the crazy wife and brushed it all under the rug. Brushed one little thing at a time under the rug until it contained a dead body. And now it's all too big to see. It's too much. It's too unbelievable. Until it isn't. Church, it's time to dismount from our high horses and render aid to all the victims. End quote. Wow. That was extremely hard to get through. It was so moving. And yes, my voice was very shaky at the end, but I did make it through. And I think that I am in just such utter disbelief and my heart is just broken thinking about a church. The church that you go to is supposed to be considered a safe place for you. And knowing that this particular church has done this family so wrong. Grant, Gracie, Angie, for the last 10 years is just gut-wrenching. They knew about Gracie. They knew about that abuse. They knew about Angie. And look, whatever Grant said to Steve Berger, whatever was said during that discussion, we'll never know. We'll literally never know unless Steve Berger decides to come forward and tell the truth. Sure, maybe Grant did want to talk about his faith. I personally don't think he did. But sure, let's say you discussed it briefly. Well, what 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What else did you discuss? What else did Grant say that day? We all know it couldn't have just been about his faith. Just do the right thing. It's not too late. I spoke with another former student of GCA, and she wanted to share her story anonymously. And I found her story really interesting and very corrupt. But the gist is, she and her family, they didn't love the school. They didn't think it was that great. But she did have a family member that was employed by the school, and that family member really needed that job. So when this student and her parents went to the administration to say that, you know, I'm probably going to transfer by next year, this school isn't working out for me, blah, blah, blah. The administration went on to say that, well, look, if you leave, then we have to fire XYZ family member because that's just really not a good look for us. Well, The student and her parents were like, wait, that's incredibly unfair. This member of our family didn't do anything and really needs that job. And GCA was kind of like, well, too bad. So this student decided to stay and just sacrifice. And GCA was terrible to her, her siblings, and the family member that was employed at the school for that entire year, the year that she decided to stay so this family member would keep the job. So they were all just mistreated, looked down upon, uh, clearly being taught a lesson, if you will. And I, I wish I could give some examples of what was done to them, but I am afraid they're so specific, it could potentially give the source away. But anyway, it got so bad for them that of course they had to just work on a plan so they could all leave the school. And clearly that family member would just have to get a new job because things got that bad. But I mean, what kind of a Christian environment is that? It's just so petty and so horrible. I mean, my mind was just blown. My head was spinning. If someone or a family wants to leave the school, you either let them leave or maybe you ask them, oh, what can we do better? Can we work together to you know, figure out some kind of plan that suits your, your children best? My goodness, so calculated and just so evil and so inappropriate. And I want to quickly thank that source for coming forward and sharing their story to help others and for being so brave. So lastly for today, I wanted to read 
two excerpts from a piece that I wrote for NikkiSwift.com. So I write for a couple websites and none of them are particularly heavy into crime. So I haven't been able to really write about Grant and Gracie the way that I want to, to raise awareness around their case and their story. And you guys know I'm always trying to do that. So I finally figured out a way to be able to write just a bit about their story. So I incorporated the fact that Franklin, Tennessee is filled with celebrities. That is a little known fact that not a lot of people know about Franklin. If, you know, let's say you're like me and you live in New York City and you bring up to someone, hey, have you ever heard of Franklin, Tennessee? No? Well, believe it or not, Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake have a house there and Carrie Underwood has a house there and, you know, so on and so forth. So this was my way of bringing awareness around some of the dark secrets that are kept in Franklin, Tennessee, the small town outside of Nashville that is filled with celebrities. So the excerpts I'm about to read don't directly relate to Grant and Gracie's story, but they do paint a picture, which I think is very important. Quote, The city of Franklin, Tennessee made headlines because of their pride celebration backlash. In Franklin, Tennessee, the annual pride celebration, which is thrown to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community, was met with some major backlash in June 2023 with Governor Bill Lee making Tennessee the first state in the country to ban drag shows, the LGBTQ plus community was left feeling defeated and swept aside. Franklin Mayor Ken Moore actually had to hold a vote on whether or not the parade should be held in their small town that year, as it was being hotly contested by anti-gay activists. Moore stated that the 2022 Pride drag show was met with many complaints, which is why he decided to open up the floor to the community. Another Franklin celeb, former Saturday Night Live cast member Victoria Jackson, shocked the nation after she made headlines publicly stating at Moore's city council meeting that God hates Pride. Jackson and many others who promote homophobic and transphobic rhetoric urged Moore to cancel the parade. Mayor Moore himself eventually voted yes on holding the parade in 2023, breaking a tie, and he cited equality for all his reasons for voting in favor of holding a pride parade. Moore told the New York Times of his decision, On the edges, the far left and the far right are making a lot more noise than the people that are either right or left of center. And I think it's an opportunity for those on the right and left of center to organize and say, Hey, this is our community too. (sighs) Why can't we all just get along? End quote. Now, I want to be clear I am not trying to be political at all, but what I will say is that it is 2023, okay? If you can't be gay in 2023 or celebrate pride, in my opinion, that is very unfair and it is not right at all. And the fact that this news made the New York Times and was splashed across 
national news media outlets, that says a lot about Franklin, Tennessee. It really does. And I also understand that it's the South. Things are done a lot differently there. But as a Christian, promoting hate just gets you nowhere. And I think that it's just so sad and so tragic. And I could not believe Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live. She, of course, is entitled to her opinion, but I just really was surprised to see her saying the things that she was saying. It just seemed very cruel. And uh, she seemed to be filled with a lot of hate for someone who is supposed to be a Christian. The next excerpt I'm going to read is about a Tennessee congressman who is just plagued with scandals. Now, most of you will know who this congressman is. If you're not from Tennessee, you might not be super familiar with him, but I never knew that he was from Franklin. So I'm going to read about Glenn Casada. Quote, Franklin, Tennessee Congressman Glenn Casada is no choir boy. His tenure as a congressman was unfortunately plagued by a series of scandals and controversies that severely damaged his name. Casada served as a member of the Tennessee House of Representatives from 2001 to 2020 and was briefly the Speaker of the House. Casada was busted for sending racist and derogatory texts to his staff and was embroiled in the scandals of two close mentees. State Representative Jeremy Durham was accused of sexually harassing over 22 women, while Casada's aide, Cade Cawthorn, was found to have sent explicit texts to multiple women, many of whom were interns. Casada remained staunchly supportive of both men after the accusations went public and may have even been involved in text conversations included in both allegations. In 2019, Casada told the Tennessean of his opinions regarding the behavior by saying, who am I to hold that against someone when they've turned their life around? The scandals didn't stop there. In 2022, Glenn Casada and his former chief of staff, Cade Cawthorn, were indicted on federal charges of bribery and money laundering. The two disgraced politicians allegedly ran a side business under false names, operating as a political consulting firm to give themselves illegal kickbacks. The case is set to go to trial in October of 2023. However, Casada's lawyers are asking for it to to be dismissed, end quote. So I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that Glenn Casada is not the nicest guy. I've linked out in the show notes an article where you can see what he and his chief of staff were texting one another. And yeah, it seems to me like he's racist. He's a bigot. He is a misogynist. And just overall, like I said, just not very nice. But he does have a lot of supporters. One supporter in particular is Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson. You may remember hearing Jack Johnson a lot during this story and and this case because Jack Johnson and his wife, Judge Deanna Johnson, they also attend Grace Chapel and they are close with Bill Lee, Steve Berger, Bill Haggerty, and obviously Glenn Casada. You may remember in February of 2019, Angie filed a petition for dependent neglect against Aaron Solomon. So the case went before Judge Deanna Johnson, Jack Johnson's wife, and you know, it's it's not clear 
if she spoke to Steve Berger frequently or if her husband spoke to Steve Berger frequently. I'm not going to speculate about that, but it was pretty clear that Steve Berger supported Aaron Solomon during this whole ordeal and did not stand with Gracie and Angie. So Judge Johnson dismissed the case and she said that Angie was an abusive litigant and she barred Angie from filing any motions against Aaron for the next four years. So I guess you'd call it a coincidence that the Johnsons, the Burgers, the DA, the police, everybody erring on the side of law enforcement appears to side with Aaron Solomon and have sided with him for the last 10 years. But I don't think it's a coincidence that some of the country's top forensic analysts unanimously agree that something is very wrong here and someone is hiding the truth. And I wholeheartedly apologize to anyone who might think that I'm being a bit too harsh on Franklin. I want to reiterate that I really enjoyed Franklin when I visited. It was very quaint, very lovely. And this stuff happens in a lot of small towns. I am not saying this type of stuff only happens in Franklin. I'm just very focused on it because of Grant's story and Gracie's story and Angie's story. So I hope everybody can understand that. 